Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Stoke Hunters, where we journey through the tales of resilience, joys, and the pursuit of good days. Today, we're venturing into the snowy realms of inspiration and transformation. Today, in episode 10, we're thrilled to welcome Aaron Holt, a middle school teacher from central Alberta whose passion for skiing transcends the slopes. Aaron's story isn't just about gliding on the snow. It's a narrative of courage, empowerment, and the impact one individual can have on a community. So gear up as we welcome Aaron Holt to Stoke Hunters and explore how she's carving new paths and inspiring inspiring a generation to seek their own good days. Welcome, Aaron. Hi, Jared. <laughs> so how is it down in central Alberta right now? Oh, a little chilly, a little snowy, but we can always use more snow. Yeah, it's always good on a pow day, right? Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you give a little bit of backstory of how you got into skiing and what you're doing in central Alberta for your, your school and everything? Okay. Um, well, the story how I got into skiing is a pretty entertaining one, to be honest. Um, my husband was skiing and, or I guess he was a snowboarder at the time. And I decided that I would like to, you know, get into skiing too. Uh, so I bought us a season pass to Nikiska uh, one June before I even knew how to ski. I didn't even own skis. And I was like, surprise, we're going to ski this year. <laughs> and, uh, so we went out and uh, in our conversations about going skiing, I had told him that I had been one time when I was 12, but he misheard me and thought that I'd been skiing since I was 12. So uh, off we went to Nikiska and it was like not even checking, like, do I know how to stop, turn, anything? It was just an assumption that I did. And we got to the chairlift and we went to the very top of the mountain. And then I was like, you realize like, I don't know how to ski. And he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, a lot of like, we'll call it snow plowing, but probably like, you know, a lot of crying, awkward way to make it down. Um, I remember that it took two hours and 45 minutes to get down that run the first time. So I'm like pretty pleased that now I can do it in like five minutes and change. So it's like, you know, a pretty good improvement. <laughs> Just a but, little bit. Uh, yeah but you know he said to me at the end of that first day that he was pretty sure he didn't say it to me but in his head that he thought there was no way i was ever going to ski again um but he was totally wrong because even though i was crying i was seeing like other people around me were having a really good time and i just wanted to be a part of that and i thought you know i don't know how yet but i probably can figure it out and so you know that was kind of the beginning of uh I don't we'll say the takeover of my entire personality where <laughs> skiing is like basically all I think about, all I talk about. Like I'll be sitting here and Curtis will be like, What are you thinking about? And I'll be like, It's like skiing. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like you see, ever see that meme that was like when your entire personality is skiing? And I was like, so many people sent that to me and were like, That's you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, and, well, it's wild that you know, it's become your whole personality and it hasn't been that long that you've been doing it. No, this is my seventh season skiing. And like, I'm not joking. Like all summer I'm working out, getting ready for ski season. I'm hiking and doing trail running on crazy things. So I can have like, you know, better tolerance to exposure and it's all full circle just to go back to ski season and what I could <laughs> do the next year. <laughs> yeah. Do you mountain bike in the summer? I wouldn't say really. I, I loosely cross country bike, yeah. uh, no downhill or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I found that because I just got into mountain biking last summer 
and I, I found out apparently I'm a mountain biker because when you do a hundred kilometers in a week, you're 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 that sport. Um, All right, but there you go. Yeah, the downhill on a bike, especially like because like for skiing, it's like oh you wipe out. It's like soft and fluffy on a bike when you're standing upright and just fall over. Rocks hurt a lot more. <laughs> yeah, I can actually concur with you very much on that. I had a heck of a mountain bike accident in July this year <laughs> where oh, I was well. biking with my dad. And I was a little, being a little too confident, you know, I'm like, oh, we're just riding pavement. I can let her rip. And I was probably going 50, 60 K. And I just endowed the bike, bent the handlebars, ripped the cassette off, shredded my arm. It's like still, I can kind of do a plank on it, but it doesn't feel great. So it was funny. I said to my friends after, well, you know, wiping out skiing now is going to feel so minor after that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm always I'm always nervous because when I run into my mountain bike friends, they always ask me, they're like, have you had your wipeout yet? And I'm like, yeah. they're like, it's not it's not if you'll wipe out, it's when you'll wipe out. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, so since we're on the topic of stoke hunting and hunting good days, what does a good mean good day to mean to you? Oh, I mean, like a really good day to me is just basically any day that I can be outside in nature, you know, preferably on skis, but I love it if it's, you know, just on my own two feet running. But a good day to me is like a day outside, challenging your body, having laughs with your friends, sharing that experience with other people, uh, you know, sometimes being the person who is bringing the person along on the experience but i've also been on the other side where like i'm the one who's being lifted up by the person who's helping me and i think that's like the really beautiful part about the outdoors community is you really meet all of these people who want you to be there they want you to be part of the space and they'll help you do that and so you know i've had people mentor me and lead me to those good days and now that kind of is bringing me to full circle like i want to give that back and help give other people those experiences that same kind of good day Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're probably like you have your little ski hill in uh, Innisfil. Did you mm-hmm. was that going before you got into skiing or did you kind of pick that back up? Uh, no, this ski hill has been going, you know, I can't even give you the exact date, but let's say like back into the 60s, maybe even earlier. Oh, wow. Um, uh, there's a family in town, the Jackson family, who have just gone above and beyond to keep the place open, getting volunteers to be there, organizing things, working on the board of directors. Um, so I got to know Brent Jackson, who's the president of the ski hill, uh, just, you know, from living in town, he's a pharmacist. And we just started kind of talking about skiing when I'd see him at the pharmacy. And then I would say about three or four years ago, I started nagging at him about like, hey, do you think like there'd be a way that the school could use the ski hill, you know, this, this, this. And I kept kind of coming back to it every year. And then I circled back around and was like, hey, Brent, I got my ski instructor. What do you think about if I start to run this program at the ski hill? And he was like, how about you join the board? And then we have a deal. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I got involved with the board last year and it's been very fulfilling. Um, You know, just seeing the value that having a facility like this in a small town, but it's so accessible and affordable because it is volunteer run that we really get kids out skiing. But the kind of kicker was, you know, and I don't know if you can relate. I had parents who didn't ski. They didn't do outdoor things like this. And they were, you know, baseball players and hockey players. And so I didn't have access to skiing. It wasn't something that I ever even would have thought of doing. 
And same for a lot of the kids in our community, right? If your parents weren't skiers, and it, it traditionally is a very expensive sport, you know, you just don't get to do it. And so my thought process was, okay, I can get involved in the board and at the school level, you know, as their teacher, as their phys ed teacher, I can actually run every single kid in a grade through this program and then offer them other opportunities in the following years. So we have a community of skiers and it's already started to happen. Like uh, last year, um, so like we're volunteer run, we, we were open Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday night and Sunday, depending on volunteers. Uh, but my husband and I basically worked every single Wednesday night and it was incredible for us to see like, you know, just kids coming through rentals, coming up the tow rope, it was a grade five student, a grade five student, a grade five student. Oh, they brought their family out. And we just saw a big grow in our community of people who are excited to be at the ski home, wanting to be a part of a ski home. And I'm just really optimistic that with this year, it will continue to happen. Like we already had my principal went and got his ski, ski instructor so he can help. One of our education assistants did. I put out a call asking for parent volunteers and I got like 20 people like so easily. So it's been really good. We're just really receptive to it. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. And that's kind of like the one thing I've seen with like my in-laws from Rocky is like, you know, when you're from a small community, like they just show up and back stuff so fast. And like, yeah, that's amazing to hear. Yeah. Yeah. It's great to be a part of. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Like from a city, you don't see it as much. Like, you know, you'll, you'll have your communities, but it's like, it's, it's like getting everyone out or like getting like, it's, way more than like you know one or two or like three it's like yeah huge wax of like percentages um so how many people have you seen like like can you count like how many more students have come out skiing because you've like started being on the board and everything um no i couldn't give you like a real number but you know like we put around 85 kids through the program last year and you know the majority of those kids had not skied before. Uh, you know, a handful had like maybe 10 or 15 across the group. Um, but like, I think, you know, sometimes on a Wednesday night, like we would have like 125 or 150 people out. And if you think about a town of 7,000 people, you know, I know that also includes people coming in from surrounding areas, but that's a lot of kids. And the majority of them, I could walk out there and name every kid by name. So they're going to our school. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Have you, being a skier and, you know, your whole personality of being skiing, have you come across the video of Vibe called Whitewater? No, I haven't. Um, so it was a video about Nelson and, like, their, their skiing uh, okay. town and, like, how everything got built. But the, the thing that always sticks in my mind is 7,000 of them, the, the, mm -hmm. the city, the, the, the city or the town has 10,000 people, 7,000 of them have a season pass every year. So I could just, <laughs> I could see it after a few years, it'll be like a vibe called Innisfil and they'll just be like, you know, yeah, 80% <laughs> will be skiers. <laughs> That'd be a really great uh, thing to have. It's actually a joke. Part of how this all started was uh, when I was at the first free ride world tour, uh, I, they provided me with a guy, Kevin Yardis. He's I don't know to me he's a pretty big deal like he's a legend this guy like guides cody townsend on the 50. you just see him like pop sick tricks off the side of stuff he's not even trying like this guy is unreal and so he, he's guiding me around and we were talking about innisville and the ski hill and kevin actually grew up in red deer and so we were talking about that and we made a joke about uh 
the Innisfil Free Ride Club and me producing the first free ride champ. And then I went home and I was like, but why couldn't I? <laughs> and so that's actually kind of where the idea to get the program came from because Kevin was like, why couldn't you do that? And I was like, why couldn't I do that? And so I went ahead and did it. I mean, we don't have a free ride club yet per se, but I do have a little girl last year who told me her dream is to become a professional skier. So I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Did, was she one of the, like, cause you had some of the free ride world t- uh, tour athletes come to your school, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just one, Jessica yeah. Hodder. Um, I got super lucky on that one and just, uh, I, when I was at the free ride world tour that year, um, we made some new friends and one of them, her name was Georgie and she was actually the other contest winner, uh, that peak performance selected. And so she came up from Squamish with her boyfriend, Tyler and Tyler actually knows Jessica through he's Australian. She's New Zealand. I'm not quite sure where, but they know each other. And he brought her over to meet me, which was a, a really sweet thing to do. And so, and she's so nice, like so nice and so funny. And I just like had a great time talking to her. And um, like, well, as the tour was going on, um, the kids that I was teaching that year were like making them card, like only, we only did it for the female ski athletes, but we would make them cards and send them videos before each competition with like messages for them and stuff like that. So she was already kind of familiar with the kids and uh season wrapped up she became the world champion i was like jessica that's pretty cool she was living in fernie at the time and i was like hey uh if i spotted you some gas money would you come up here and talk to these kids like these kids were literally watching like the free ride world tour at snack it was something we were doing like almost daily they were so into it and cheering for these people like these athletes and so uh she said that she would and uh she didn't even want gas money because she was on her way to edmonton to catch a flight back to new zealand So we just kind of played it by ear that, you know, on the day that she knew she was going to be coming up, she'd let me know and we'd get ready. And so the kids were hilarious. They were so excited. They like cut this red carpet out of construction paper and taped it together and had it all rolled up so that when she walked in, they unrolled it and they cut these little snowflakes and they're sprinkling them from a ladder on her head as she came in. (laughs) And they had all these banners made and this like little paper uh, crown that said world champs only and it was just like the sweetest purest moment for them and her like she just started crying she's like I've <laughs> never had a reception like this and and it was wild she stayed the whole afternoon signed an uh, like an autograph for every kid took a picture with every kid answered all their questions about you know becoming a skier and how does she do the things that she does and it was a really incredible day yeah yeah that sounds that sounds amazing and I'm always impressed with what kids can do for creativity yeah 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 we need we need to figure out how to continue kid creativity into adult life but that's a whole other totally (laughs) well i don't know i just tell the kids all the time like you don't have to be a good grown-up you just have to be a responsible grown-up right (laughs) and responsible is such a great word like you know just don't be an asshole on this but like you know go go jump off a 30-foot cliff if you want to or go (laughs) have some wild like wildness to you like just be a good person at the end of the day yeah totally (laughs) um so can you can you share a moment um when skiing transformed a bad day into a good one oh absolutely i can but i think i have to take a quick second i see my airpods are dying even though i fully charge them so i think i'm gonna have to switch you over to regular speaker really quick and then i'll answer that question for you sorry jared no problem
Okay, can you hear me, Jared? Yeah, I can hear you. Sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. Sorry, could you ask a question one more time for me? Yeah, can you share a moment when skiing transformed a bad day into a good one? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, honestly, I feel like any day that I go skiing is a good day just because even if I get up in the morning and uh, I'm not sure that I want to go today or I'm not feeling, you know, I'm feeling tired, I'm feeling grumpy. As soon as I put my skis on and I'm, I'm out there, it's just this automatic feeling of this is amazing. But also, we have bad days that, you know, later when we think about them, will be days. And so, I, like, for myself, I think about, you know, there's many where I'm, I'm crying a lot. Like, we, we joke, like, sometimes the inside of my goggles are stained with tears because I put myself in challenging situations. And it doesn't feel fun, right? But it's, like, that type two fun. And when you finish it and you look back on the fact that, you know, this was challenging, it was pushed my head to be resilient my toolbox right like it's a you know tiny or a big challenge like facing that you can choose to go back and so you know that's a right where you know that what doesn't feel comfortable You're cutting out a little bit. I don't know if you're too far away from your um, mic or not, or just bad internet connection. It could be both. Um, is that? Yeah, is that, that, that seems better. I'll just try. Uh, oh, there, a little bit of cutting out. Uh, that's OK. Um, so what? what do you look at runs? And then you're like, I want to hit this next year, or you know, I'm going to hit this at, like after a few more days. Like, do you have runs in your in your repertoire that you're like, I want to hit this eventually? Or ones that I've skied maybe only once or twice in my life, and that it got the best of me, and I don't want to take that away. And so uh, I'm hoping to set a score with a few things that came this year. <laughs> this is like horrifyingly embarrassing really good story so uh like the first year that i went horse was only my fourth season, but i would say like my second season like actually you know off of doing other things and uh you know when you come off the gondola at the top and you can go on that i think it's like this bridge line and it takes you over to our t1 and t2 bar yeah so oh, I uh, I have a thing for cat tracks and that I don't like them and I never have and I'm getting better at them and more comfortable with drawing. And so we get off the gondola and we'd already had this conversation about I don't like cat tracks. I'm like, we're going over there and he's like, yeah, we're going over there and you know, pretty steep and wide and you know, drops off on both sides and I was like. Oh, okay, but like I really wanted to go to the competition, so I had to ski over it. And so we went down the first pitch, and I don't even know what happened, but I like caught an edge and I tipped over it. And to me, I think I was going, you know, 100 kilometers an hour towards Canada, and I'm going to knock him over the ridge, 
both going to die and it's all my fault. And I'm like, Kevin! And like literally, Jared, he said I was like going like so slow. He just reached out a hand and gently stopped. And I was like, oh, that was a close one. He's like, no. <laughs> I can do that again. But last year I didn't get to settle the score because then they switched it. They put it on ozone. So I had to make my way down with a whole other thing. But this year I'm determined I'm going to go back. I'm going to, you know, actually ski it, not slide it. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Yeah. The kicking horse has some uh, intense cat tracks. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Like cat tracks where you look back on them and you're like, that it might be one of the steepest things I've ever done. This Track here. <laughs> well, and even the one under under uh, stairway to heaven to then get into the bowl and everything and go across the ridge. Like, I remember when I first started skiing, it's like, I'm just going to straight line this because if I try to stop or try to avoid people, I'm going to get hit. So I'm like, I'm just going to go straight. But <laughs> there was so many times where I was like, huh, if I caught an edge here, I would have died. Yeah, it was wild last year because you were like trying to ski up on that ridge and people had already set up to watch the competition from the top, right? And so we sat up there for a little bit and then we decided we'd ski down to the bottom. But last time locked, but I made it, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, so being a grade five teacher, how do you encourage your students to find good in every day? Um, I guess like mostly it's attitude, right? Um, I try to model for them being positive and that, you know, things can suck, but we can always try to find ways to be better or think about how the situation in the long run. Um, you know, as a phys ed teacher, I really try to help them find their thing. Uh, we do a lot of different things in my class because I know not every kid is a kid, not every kid is a soccer kid or a speed kid, but I work really hard to try to expose them to all these different ways that be active for life um and it's really empowering it feels really good when you help them do that. You know, like i've had students who maybe never really felt like they they were an athlete active and you know with some work we found oh actually track and field was going on to join like club track teams or you know kids who don't even know the worst people That's you know a pretty pretty nice thing um, that maybe by modern days you know they start to put away some um and I would just say the other thing is I really model to that like we're a classroom that we don't always have to like the other person doing but we have to respect I try to see that um I just want the kids to be good people. And around people but all 100%. And then in, in that regard with teaching, how do you balance the passion of teaching and skiing? Like it seems like with 13 days you go out quite a bit. Challenging. I, I ski pretty much every day. And so um, I wasn't joking. I have to be working. So, you know, all of that has to happen during like any you know grown-up chores you have to do your laundry and all that stuff and just a really organized person probably the number one 
So I missed a little bit, but um, so with with being a teacher and you know you get to interact with, how, well, how big how big is your class size? Um, this year my five classes were twenty four, grade six. So you know you get to see twenty four individuals, which is probably a lot more than other people see on a on a day to day basing. Um, how, how do you think seeing different people um, all the time and teaching has influenced your perspective on good and bad days? Um, I, you know, I think when you're a teacher and you're a teacher for a you don't understand the places that people are. The more we know about each other, the more that I think it helps. Make them feel welcome. So I think it's a real value of. Again, and uh, I found like I've known, and um, you know, they have, I know, um, and then you get to the third cycle, and you for the um. I like volleyball. I don't love volleyball, but uh, a lot of the girls in school love volleyball and they really needed it. So I got involved with that. I played five volleyball because they just need to be there. That's really mm -hmm. um, so what's getting, you know, being in seven years. Um, oh, sorry, I brain fart. Um, parent brain, apparently. Um, but can you share a story of how getting into skiing and, you know, now it being your life um, has helped you overcome a personal challenge? Oh, well, yeah, totally I can. So 
Yeah, <laughs> this is kind of another interesting about me. Actually, like, really scared of me. It's a problem. Hilarious for that I choose. Um, but I think that whatever. I'll go for rock climbing crazy face. Like that's not how it goes, but you break it down into small measurable goals and and you can get a and like the challenges of having to look at my sit in a year in a position after Um, or I really am very scared. You can just have to the goal that you're trying. Sorry, you were cutting out there. Um, let me, maybe if we, oh, I just want to put you back in the green room and then I'll bring you back out and see if that fixes it. Okay, let's see now. Okay, is that any better? Yeah, that seems better. Um, so, sorry, I missed a little bit there, um, but yeah, I, I, the stuff I picked up is definitely where, you know, you have to do it in small measurable, like little, little stuff to get you. Cause yeah, a lot of big goals seem pretty, um, like Everest. It's like, you know, you don't just climb Everest, you go up and down, up and down until you can get to the very top. I think like sometimes our they're not. And so I think it's always easy to just keep moving towards the so, Sorry, I'm just, I'm putting mine on, I'm turning my, my, or my camera off to see if it was my end because they're still cutting out a bit. Um, but let me, uh, Hmm. Cause yeah, it wasn't doing it with your AirPods, but I don't know. Um, um, grab another and it'll work better. Okay. Sorry about that. Oh no, no problem.
Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I think so. No cutting out yet. Okay. Okay, then let's try these. They say they have 68%, so maybe that'll be better. <laughs> we only got half an hour left. Sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> um, Rural living too, like, <laughs> yeah, internet is not always great out here. What do you use for internet? I have no idea. Something okay. Shaw. <laughs> uh, fair. My yeah. uh, in-laws in switched to Starlink because they're out on an acreage just south of Rocky and yeah. that night and day difference because before it was like, I'm pretty sure it was slower than AOL dial-up back back before, and then now it's like high speed and nice. So it's yeah. yeah. I know I know the the rural internet joys. Um, yeah. So for skiing, what what do you think your your the your favorite simple joy um, of skiing that brightens your day? Like one little thing that you do that always makes you smile. Oh, the second that I'm just like on the chairlift and. I see the mountains around me. I literally say this every time, whoever I'm sitting next to, I turn and I'm like, we're so lucky. Like, we're so lucky we live here. Just every single time I could go a hundred days in a row and I would say the exact same thing because it gives me the exact same feeling. Yeah, hundred percent. And it, it, it's funny you say that we're so lucky to live here. Cause I think a lot of people don't realize like what's in our backyard. Oh yeah. And like, we're so lucky. People literally save their whole lives to come here. And I get in my car and I go to the place that, you know, they're dreaming of. It's their, you know, their Mount Everest, so to speak. Like, we're so fortunate. Mm -hmm. Well, um, like when I was mountain biking, I was going to a lot of events this summer and driving through the pass. I decided like now with, um, you know, losing my mom and seeing that life short, I kind of take yep. life a little bit slower. Um, so I stopped at Rogers Pass Information Center and that, you know, I'm pretty sure like 95% of Canadians have probably like, actually I'd say 95% of Albertans and people in BC have never stopped at that when driving through. Um, yeah. And the coolest thing that I found was like, that there's a whole like bunch of women mount mountaineers back in the day who used to guide everyone around there. And I'm like, huh this is wild because like all our products are named after women and stuff. So I'm like, this is yeah. kind of <laughs> like such a wild coincidence that, you know, there's women who like, um, what's the word discovered there. Like, you yeah. know, they were like mapping it and doing everything and guiding yeah. people through it. So it was cool to see. But before, like I had driven past that, like the center, I think probably a hundred times and never stopped. And then this summer I did. And it's like, you just learn so many cool things that you, don't appreciate until you take the time to do it. Oh, totally. Like I had a similar experience this summer. I was up at Mount Assiniboine and we were staying at the Nayset Huts and they have this huge book in the cook shack uh, about the history of Mount Assiniboine. And it was like fascinating to look at it and same thing to see how many female mountaineers and explorers were like out there that we've never really heard of. That when you think about like in like, the 1900s are like scaling these peaks in like not the equipment that we have today it's pretty wild <laughs> yeah they'd have they'd have like a stick and maybe a backpack and then now a woolen was... sweater yeah yeah <laughs> now we have gore-tex yeah. and like oh, yeah. down layers and everything else <laughs> totally <laughs> um so after a challenging day what's your kind of favorite way to unwind? Is it to get out to the hill or is there something that you do beforehand? Uh, no, I would say like definitely it's it's doing something outside. So in the winter, it's absolutely skiing. Like 
I live for the weekend when I know that I can just go blow off steam and be outside and use my body in a great way. And then, you know, in the summer, I would say it shifts more into uh, hiking and trail running. I've gotten really into endurance sports in the last few years, just for myself. Like I don't have any desire to race or do any big events, but uh, I love the challenge of deciding, you know, for myself that I'm going to go out and run the skyline in a day or something like that. And that's lots of fun too. So I just think anything that I can do to get outside in the fresh air, preferably where there's less people and I can really push my body. It's like almost meditative to me. hundred percent. There's something about fresh air that just like clears the perspective and I don't know what it is. Yeah. When just like you get your body moving and you get that fresh air. And then at the end of that day, you usually have a great sleep and the cycle continues. (laughs) Yeah, once you're once you're tired out, then it's like you. I, I remember my first time skiing Fernie. I I was like 13 or 14 when my stepdad and mom took me out, and like I'd never skied a mountain before, and I'm like so excited. And then yeah, skied like a huge day. Went went to, went back to our um, little townhouse condo thing, and was like we we're about to go to the hot tub, and I like laid down. And then just fell asleep at like four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> that was a really good day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with, you know, skiing for the last seven um, and, you know, you had been teaching before then, h- how have you seen skiing influence your teaching philosophy? Oh, that's a really good question. Um. I, I do kind of feel like the introduction of skiing kind of just brought more passion into my life. And then from the more passion into my life, it was like more creativity of how I can give those feelings back to kids. Right. And so, like I said, it doesn't all have to do with sports and skiing, but finding the things that light kids up and, and trying to bring those experiences to them and no matter what I'm doing, right. Like, math well math isn't that exciting but can I find a way some way that relates to this current group of kids that lights them up whether it's just you know a series of silly jokes that we have that go with what we're doing or allowing them to explore a different creative way of showing me what they know or learning about what they want to know um I think that kind of goes hand in hand right where when I'm thinking about okay how can I take the things that I love and put them in my life more you think more about how you can do that for others too hundred percent. It's like when you have a passion to do something, it like time kind of doesn't exist anymore. Like you'll, like if you get into something, it's like, you know, all of a sudden you're doing like 12, 14 hours on it. And it's like, Oh, two minutes passed by. <laughs> yeah. You know, totally like, um, you know, Wednesdays when I'm teaching and then I have ski program and then I come home and I go back to the ski hill for five o'clock, like that day flies by, but I wouldn't want to change it. Like that's a really great day where, I've got to spend, you know, from noon to nine o'clock at night doing something in my community that's helpful, you know, helping kids get out and have a good time, getting some fresh air, being involved in the ski community. It's, you know, an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. 100%. And when you get to share your passion and give back, it's like, I don't know, it's addicting. Like that feeling of helping others, it's yeah. like amazing. Yeah. You know, anytime we, we do something good for other people, it helps give us a good feeling and it's, it's really nice when you get to see it face to face, right? Like it's not just like making a donation online to something that you think is important. You get to see the reaction of joy on that person's face and it's very fulfilling. 
Mm -hmm. um, so what would you say is your favorite story about an un unexpected good day? Ooh, an unexpected good day. Hmm. Oh, oh, that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I just like have so many flowing through my head. You know, <laughs> trying to think about like what, like really almost any day is an unexpected good day, right? Yeah. Like you don't know what you're gonna get when you get out in the morning and, oh. That's a good point. I never thought of it that way. Like, you know, we're not we're not promised today. So like no. whatever you make of it um, can make that good day. So I guess in that regards, what's been your best day in the last month or so my best day in the last month um you know i had a really awesome day last wednesday uh we went to, curtis and i went over to kimberly to uh, go see a cousin of mine and her husband and their little boy and it was our first time going to kimberly and not a lot was open but just going to ski with this eight-year-old kid who was so stoked on skiing and also Star Wars and knows that I love Star Wars. And all he wanted to do was ski and talk about Grogu and you know, the Mandalorian and what episode of Star Wars I thought was better than which one and what I thought about this Lego while we were skiing. And it was honestly so much fun. It was a, an amazing day. So I'm gonna go with that one. 100%. And it's always like kids, I think give us the best perspective because it's like, we sometimes get into our own mind where it's like, oh, it's not going to like, you know, one run yeah. will be open and like grass everywhere. And we'll be like, this sucks. And then you'll see like the five-year-old kids and they're just like hipping and hollering and just having a blast. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. He was so cute. <laughs> so what, what, uh, do you build Lego too then? Oh no, I'm terrible at Lego. So, uh, I wanted to be good at it. I had a very considerate friend who brought me the Mandalorian Lego advent calendar a few years ago. <laughs> I like on the first day went to go put the thing together and I'm not even joking. Like it probably should have took me 10 minutes and it was like an hour later and I still did not have this thing together. And I was like, I need to bring in an expert. So I had a grade five student that year who's my neighbor and a good family friend. And I said to her, Eva, do you think you could come over after school and help me build some Lego? <laughs> so Eva came over after school and, you know, we started with the one door and then we thought we might as well just do them all. And she couldn't believe it that we were going to do the whole advent calendar in one day. But I thought, you know, I have you here now. And so the even funnier part was she would give me a package and then she'd look at it and she'd go, no. And she'd take that back and then give me another one. You do this one and it would be like putting the head on a body. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that was all I was capable of doing in her eyes was like put the head on the body she'll take care of everything else <laughs> that's hilarious uh, <laughs> that's so funny um so can you share a point in your life that changed your outlook on good and bad days huh yeah, I, I guess like that's a that's a, another really big question. Um, I would say first changing my perspective on good and bad days. Um, hmm. I would say like maybe 
six years ago-ish, uh, I was having a pretty challenging time just like in my career and just personally, and definitely was like dealing with a little bit of mental health struggles. And so a time where maybe I wasn't really looking at days as good days because they didn't feel like good days at that point in time. And um, when we have challenges with mental health, it can be hard because you know, we feel like other people judge us if we talk about it or we might be viewed as, you know, being weak or lazy or other things. And uh, I'm like a pretty dynamic go-getter person. And when I'm struggling with something, it's not always easy for me to talk about or ask for help. And so I, you know, was at a point where I, I just, I wasn't doing very well. And um, I had a previous vice principal that I really look up to and respect, which she's an amazing woman. And she just really had this perspective or attitude about like, you have to take care of yourself. Like your mental health is more important than anything because if you can't be you, you can't do the things that you're good at. And so she really helped uh, like encourage me to take ownership over that and to like, you know, I started seeing a counselor and that was like super helpful. And like just not being ashamed to be like, hey, actually this doesn't work for me. This is something different that I need. And just speaking up and advocating for like what you need to feel good. And so that experience actually totally empowered me in my life where like if I don't feel good about something or something's not making me feel comfortable, I don't feel like I have to pretend anymore that I can be like, oh, actually, I'm not feeling good because of this or this or this, or I can't come do that because I feel overwhelmed or burnt out. And just like modeling to other people that, we don't have to be owing like 110% all the time. We are not, we don't have to be, you know, perfectly happy all the time. Um, but learning how to manage those emotions so that we can live in a good way and live a good life. Yeah. 100%. And I, I think a lot of like, especially now with the, the, you know, in the way of the internet and, you know, the tech space blowing up and, you know, everyone want, like a lot of more entrepreneurs and stuff like that. Like everyone, like this hustle and grind mentality mm -hmm. that, get shown a lot is such a frustrating thing because it's like for some reason we think like oh if i just hustle more and if i grind a little bit more you know I'll, I'll get there and it's like really the the quickest way to success is to get to year eight um like if you look at any companies like yeah. maybe you'll see like one crazy company come out of somewhere where they'll do like something massive and take over the world but for the most part, when we start hearing about like new companies and new things, like these are eight to eight to 12 year old things already. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then year eight, that next year is when I'm going to blow up and you maybe make a ski film. Yeah. Yeah. Vi <laughs> the, the, vibe, yeah the vibe called Innisville. Yeah. The vibe called Innisville. There you go. <laughs> Gave me the title of the movie. <laughs> You'll just have 80% 80, 80 of your of the Innisvillians be skiers and snowboarders. Yeah. <laughs> it's like in order to move to our town, you have to like come and ski run first. It's like yeah. the initiation. <laughs> You'll just see quads pulling people on skis. Yeah, it's a new way to get to school. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what we did, I think last christmas or two christmases ago my um my sister-in-law's husband um he has a a razor and so we put a rope behind it and what originally it originally started is like pulling the kids around on a sled and then yeah. we're like hey if i hold on to this you can pull me on the skis and then we can build this jump and then like launch ourselves go. into the air 
<laughs> See, in Banff, they use horses, but quad works yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, ski drawing. Uh, yeah. Wonder, I guess it'd be ski quadding. Yeah, there or, you go. Squatting. Or, or, or quadroring. Quadroring. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with your with your kid with your neighbor helping you with the lego and everything um you know and i think kids inspire us every day um do you have a moment where a student has inspired you on a tough day oh you know again like so many different kids <laughs> that i that i can think of like each one of them has their own personal challenge that they're going through and I've seen so many of them, you know, meet those challenges head on and do the best that they can to, to overcome that, whatever it is. Um, you know, like the first ones that are popping to my head, of course, I'll have to do skiing right now. Cause that's what we're talking about, you know, but, uh, um, there was like a little news story on CTV a few weeks ago and two of the kids that they interviewed are two of the kids that I'm thinking of right now. Um, one Kate where she uh, Kate is autistic and uh, doesn't always embrace new experiences um, and I, I'm very close with her family and also taught her older sister and they're wonderful wonderful people and so I had taught her older sister and Kate came in last year and uh, I'm really big on making my kids go for walks like you know we try to go walk a kilometer a day we spend time outside every day for the most part, unless it's like minus 25, because I think it's important, right, to move our body and be outside. And so the very first day we were walking, uh, Kate told me <clears throat> that she couldn't walk around the block because of her autism. And I said, oh, oh, that's interesting, honey. Um, you know, I'll make sure to talk to your mom and dad about that and, and see what we need to do. And so she kind of left it at that. And then she got playing sports and I got her into volleyball and her parents came in for parent teacher interviews that I told them about Kate and that she couldn't walk because of this. And they just laughed and laughed and laughed. And they're like, well, that's because Kate's not an athlete. And I said, well, Kate didn't used to be an athlete, but this year she sure is. And like that kid played volleyball. She played basketball. She played badminton. She totally got into skiing and like actually came skiing at Nakiska with me and a couple other kids one Saturday um you know just totally put herself in all of these new big situations and then this year I'm not her teacher anymore and she's still taking herself out and doing all of those things like she's determined to play every sport to try every new thing and that's pretty cool seeing a kid who like doesn't like change in any shape or form decide now that they can take on new things they can put themselves in new experiences and so that's a pretty neat story mm -hmm. um and then the other one would be my boy, Zarek. Uh, he's just the kindest, just the nicest kid. Um, and he wanted to ski so bad last year. And he came out on like multiple Wednesday nights and hadn't made it up the tow rope yet. And the first time that he did, everybody there knew how hard he'd been trying. That hill just erupted in cheers. Like people were like, yeah, buddy, you did it. You got it. Yeah. And, you know, already he's like, hey, when are we going again this year? So, <laughs> you know, it's exciting to see when they don't give up on something that in the moment it sucks. Like I've been there where I'm like, oh, I really want to do this. But then when you get through it, you're like, actually, no, I really did want to do that because I feel so good now about what I just accomplished. 100 percent when you get that 
like you know trick you get that rope toe you get that anything for the first time after you've been you know gone up it like yeah. been trying for like 50 plus times it's like yeah that that feeling's addictive it's a good feeling yeah <laughs> so at your at your hill do you guys have a little like terrain park too yeah just a teeny one like a a little rail and um i don't know the kids usually make some jumps in there but i think <laughs> The last board meeting, we were like going to be doing some work in there to make it a little safer, um, but like not a huge train park. Definitely a few things kids can hit and try. Mm -hmm. um, at the bottom of one of the runs is quite a large box, which leads me to the funniest moment of the ski program last year. <laughs> this one little girl is just ripping down the run and uh, she's coming up on that box and she doesn't even tap the brakes, like just hits it full send. And as she's flying through the air past me, she yells, I think I made a mistake. <laughs> and she somehow lands it and skis all the way to the end of the property line where her, the tips of her skis are underneath the fence, but she stops perfectly at the fence. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Just kidding there. I think I made a mistake. It was so funny because you could just hear every word and I was like, well, it looks like you might have, but she landed it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I need to, yeah. I feel like if you send anything fast enough, it's usually the better way than if when you go too slow. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing about kids though, right? They don't think about it. They're just like, let's go. Where I'm like, oh, I kind of need my leg tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Can't show up to work on crutches. Yeah, I'll make my job a little hard. <laughs> I bet. Grade five, they probably still have a lot of energy. Yeah, they do. But that's the wonderful thing about them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, oh, geez. There's so much. Um, so, you know, ski, especially with like, you know, a tow rope. Is a tow rope the only thing to get up? At only the thing. Yeah, yeah, just the tow rope. <laughs> that, that basically, if you can do a tow rope, though, you can do like any. Um, yeah, yeah. Any lift. Yeah, we don't start them off, you know, going up the, on the tow rope right away. But, you know, some kids are on it soon. Uh, basically, once they can do a few turns and they want to give it a go, they're welcome to try. But uh, yeah. for a lot of the kids, the first day, it's just kind of a walk down to the bottom ski. You know, like we're we're not starting at the top of the hill. We're just using the bottom quarter so that they can get started. So just a lot of like little walk up, ski down, little walk up, ski down. And then uh, usually by day two, lots of them are ready for the tow rope. And by day three, very few of them aren't using the tow rope. You know, we still have a couple who are a little slower. But I totally agree with you. Once you get the hang of that, and especially when it's icy, like, you got some skills now, kids. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, so you know, some like you were saying, like some take a couple of days um, to get onto the tow, like onto the tow rope. How do you help um, your students who are struggling to find the joys in skiing? Um, well, <clears throat> last year, kind of how it worked was um, we had them divided into groups. So kids who had previous skiing experience and wouldn't really need instruction just quickly had to pass a ski test and then they would go ski with the supervisor. And then we just had the rest of the kids broken down uh, into a group between just Curtis and I last year. This year will be better because we have a third instructor. 
And so it was basically just helping those kids feel comfortable with those first, like, cause you know, the first time you get on skis, it's scary when you think about, you want me to slide down this hill on these things and I'm going to what, right? Like <laughs> they're not too sure about that. And I can totally relate. Um, and to be honest, there's quite a bit of tears in the first couple of days, but um, where I'm lucky is like, I already have pretty deep relationships with these kids by this time in the year, right? Like, I've already been teaching them for four months and I've seen them a lot and, and they trust me. And so having that deeper relationship where I'm not a parent, right? So it's not the same as your parent, but it's somebody that you know that you can trust, I think is helpful when these kids are really scared because I can be there to talk them through it. Um, usually the kids who are really struggling and crying and scared end up getting filtered over to me. And I just share with them how I know exactly how that feels. You know, I tell them about my first ski day. I tell them about I still cry. Like, it's okay. And and just like kind of working through that, it's totally okay to have emotions. It's okay that something's hard. But, you know, I think about one little girl last year, she struggled so much for the first two days. But when she finally got it, the pure look of joy on her face when she was just like, arms out, going down the hill, just the biggest smile on her face. And like, <laughs> yeah girl right like you just worked through something that was really scary and challenging to you and you did it and so i just think it's that positive support the encouragement um you know and we're really lucky too i have lots of volunteers around who like if you're just not feeling it right now you know lynn's gonna take you up to the lodge and make you a hot chocolate you know you just need to do this for a second like we're so lucky with just community volunteers and parents who are there to help sweep up those kids to make sure that they're having a good time too, right? I don't want anybody to leave traumatized. I know they're not all going to want to still be skiers, but I hope that they remember those three days fondly. <laughs> 100%. And yeah, um, it was on an Instagram account I saw yesterday and it was talking about like kids in sports and it was like, you know, they were talking about quitting and the per person's advice was, you know, you can't you can't quit on a bad day so if it's going to be tough you got to come back to it and then yeah. you know when you after you've done it or you you know you're having a good day that's when you get to quit and it's like totally i saw that too and i thought that was great advice right because we all want to quit something on a bad day like yeah. that's how it is right but if you go back to a time when you had a good time do you really want to quit like you know i'm not gonna lie i've had moments when i've been skiing where i'm like is this do i really is this what i and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, this is what I want to do. <laughs> well, that, that two hour and 45 minute Nikiska run was probably a, <laughs> I want to I want to quit today kind of day. <clears throat> yeah, it was mortifying. It was like, oh, what an experience. <laughs> but it was probably even more mortifying for Curtis. Like he had to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> how long how long have you guys been um, together at that point? Uh, at that point? point well it'll be 10 years this year so we would have been together probably three three or four years at that point yeah that's uh that's dedication there's a lot actually of i think we had just gotten married and it was like our very first winter together being married so we were newlyweds <laughs> <laughs> here's your anniversary gift taking me down a run for two hours and 45 yeah. minutes yeah you know, it's like a relationship strengthening exercise, right? Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, so, with ski, what's kind of been your most unexpected joy um, 
since you've picked up skiing? Oh, I would say the ski community and just like the people that I've got to meet and who've been receptive to me and have included me in things and skied with me. It's just like, it's mind boggling to me to think like, okay, I'm somebody who like didn't ski seven years ago. And like last year I spent an afternoon skiing with Leah Evans and I was like, oh, this is pretty dope. Like someone <laughs> I totally look up to and here she is like helping me out, figure out, you know, how to balance better on my ankles and like what an amazing experience. Or just like uh, when we went to the free ride world tour and Georgie, the other girl who won the contest, we're really good friends now. Like we, we talk all the time about skiing. We nerd out about free ride world tour and whatever else. And um, you know, we met up again last year. We flew out to see her and Tyler and Whistler in, uh, in October. We're all back together in Golden in February. Just like the friendships and the excitement about, you know, you don't get to see these friends all the time. But when you do, you know that you are just going to have the best time. Like we're going to be outside and we're going to ski. And sometimes it's going to be hard and I'm going to cry, but I'm going to laugh. And like at the end, you come home and you just you just feel so fulfilled and happy. And like, that's the best part to me is just my friends that I've made, you know, uh, my first coach, Jeff, who I still ski with occasionally, he's gonna be 69 in uh, May. And like the dude can rip. It's insane. Like I couldn't keep up with him for a day if I wanted to. Um, <laughs> You know, my other friend, Lori, who I met in ski lessons, like we all get together. and We still ski. I've reconnected with a high school friend where we meet up once a year for a ski trip. And so I think like the most beautiful thing that skiing has brought me is just like the friendships and relationships and just a different way to experience those relationships. 100%. It's experiences that matter at the end of the day, I think. Absolutely. Like we're very big on that in our household where Curtis and I are big on gifts. We're big on experiences, right? Like I don't care so much about living in the nicest house or driving the nicest car, but I want to have, you know, a brain full of amazing memories of places I went and things I tried and people I met. And to me, that's, that's where it's at. hundred percent and new skis every year, but I don't care about my house. Yeah. Well, you know, I wasn't <laughs> expecting new skis this year, but then uh, I got really lucky and uh, Sparrow <laughs> Outfitters gave me a new set of skis. So that's pretty dope. <laughs> yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. How'd you, how'd you um, find, find them or did they find you? Kind of a bit mix of both. So I had just reached out looking about demo skis that I was just really wanting to try out a pair of Icelandics to demo. And uh, I was asked to just send in my email to Scott. And so I did. And Scott emailed me back and just said, hey, like, I represent these different brands. Uh, you know, would you be willing to be an ambassador for any of them? And so, you know, we just kind of had a brief conversation about it. And I said, you know, I'd absolutely be stoked to be a brand ambassador, you know, for Icelandic. I'm looking for backcountry skis, so that'd be pretty great. Yeah. And so, yeah, he, he said he had a pair in his garage. And so when I was in Kimberly, I picked him up. And now I'm hoping to get them mounted in the next week or so and get out and give them a spin. Nice. What are you going to mount on them? I think I'm going to go with plumes, but I'm not sure yet. Yeah. I'll talk mm. to the people at, at Ski Uphill and see what they've got to say to me about it. Yeah. Nice. I'm, I'm not very experienced or knowledgeable <clears throat> in touring just yet. So definitely want to seek out some good advice on that one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I think I have four backcountry setups. I worked at Ski West okay. when I was in university. So oh, okay. when you get when you get pro deal and you know you yeah. get a free set of skis if you hit certain things, like 
I, I have way too many skis. I think I have like 10 pairs that I still keep in the garage. That's a good, good problem to have. That's a good problem to have. <laughs> well, especially when like, cause I find like whenever you get on a ski, like it'll do some things really good and some things not so much. And there's never a ski to like <clears throat> do everything amazing. So it's like, yeah, probably one of my favorite skis in the spring is my front side carving ski. Mm -hmm. um, because like those tight slushy turns and everything are so much fun. Yeah. Well, you know, Curtis and I literally just had this conversation last night about one ski can't do everything no matter how much we want it to. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, same thing. Like I have a pair of blizzard Shiva tens that I normally ski. I love those skis, but when it's icy, like I've really been wishing for a pair of 82s lately, <laughs> like so badly. I'm like, you know what I really need? Like, I don't know that I need powder skis over here. I really need a pair of 82s. <laughs> <laughs> hundred percent um so i guess we've kind of hit over the the hour mark um what would be your message for someone who's struggling to find good days hmm someone who's struggling to find a good day i guess i would say try to just reflect in in yourself about a time when you did feel good whatever that place that moment that thing is and then see how you can maybe recreate that, right? Like when I think about, um, you know, just being outside and feeling the sun on your face or feeling a breeze, like that's a good feeling, right? And sometimes just peeling back to like a simple thing that makes you feel good, right? Is it, uh, you know, the feeling of clean sheets, the smell of fresh coffee, uh, holding a puppy, you know, trying to take it back to the simplest form and start there. Um, because I know sometimes life can seem overwhelming and it might look like it's, you know, cloudy and doomy out there, but there's always good things to look for if you, if you just look for them. Right. hundred percent. Um, that, that kind of hit my whole perspective of, you know, when I, when I unfortunately got to see my mom pass away in 17 days, mm -hmm. um, looking back on it, it's like, you know, yeah, that the worst days of my life, but I'm now closer with my family than I've ever been closer with my wife than I've ever been. And, mm -hmm. you know, the, the 17 days and the conversations we, my, my mom and I talked about, um, you know, we never once talked about work. It was about experiences and enjoying yeah. the, the days. Um, so then it teaches you to like, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. It's like, you know, don't sacrifice your thirties to get ahead totally. and, and all that other stuff. Cause it's like, you know, I could get hit by a car tomorrow. So what's the point of sacrificing everything if uh, <laughs> you didn't get to enjoy any of it? Yeah. And, you know, and also how can we know what good is if we don't know bad? And how can we know, you know, what joy is if we don't feel sad? And we have to have that contrast of feelings to feel the good day, right? Yeah. Well, and yeah, you know, it, it sucks to feel the bad, but yeah, it, it makes the good feel so much more better. Absolutely. And, you know, also those times they do, they do make us stronger. They teach us new lessons. They give us new perspectives in life. And, you know, hard times are hard, but they can bring us beautiful things too. 100%. Well, I think that's a, a good note to wrap up on. So I appreciate you uh, giving us an hour and joining us on Stoke Hunters tonight. Oh, well, thank you for having me, Jared. It was a lot of fun. Hopefully we can get out on the ski hill soon. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. Okay.